You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open. Teresa's here with me. Hi, everyone. So we are continuing our trauma series, and today we're going to be talking about how trauma keeps coming back and exploring why that may be. I I was thinking about this, and I think there are definitive ways in which my trauma comes up, but... uh, I think this is different, though, than the episode we did that that people really liked that was called um, I Can't Get Over the Past. Yeah. I feel... How is that different from today? The way that I think it's different is because your past is there. Yes, completely part of the progress that we make. But trauma is different because it can come up through different ways in which we can get triggered by it. So anything from like maybe you have this song that connects you to this moment in time that has really been super powerful in your life. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, and I'm not using trauma because I want to use power, the power that it has over your person. So that's why I think it's very different. Your past is, is filled with all kinds of stuff, good, bad, traumas, okay. not always that. I remember that we talked about trauma a lot in that episode. So if anybody wants to, feel free to check it out. I think the difference that we'll talk about here is in the episode where we talked about Um, I can't let go of the past. There's a process of feeling stuck. Like you cannot move forward or move on or something about your traumatic experiences. These are elements of forgiveness and, and moving forward. Whereas today I think we're going to talk about, even if I'm, even if I don't feel like I'm being held back by my trauma, trauma is a funny way of just sneaking back into your life, Mm -hmm. coming up in unexpected ways. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for rooting me there. So, okay. When you think about how trauma keeps coming back, what comes to mind? Definitively, there are, I'm trying to like not get overwhelmed by the feelings that I have in this moment because I'm thinking about really music is very important to me. So there are moments when certain songs will de- like they'll come up, you know, like I'm in, I don't know, Marshalls or something. And like, I hear this song and I'm not, you know how it's like up in the air, you're not really paying attention. And then you kind of latch onto it. You're like, and it immediately brings you back. It's so unexpected that you're, you don't know how to prepare for it. You're just thrown into it. Yeah. Ugh. I think of people I've talked to who, who tried to move away and and they, distance themselves and then something comes up, you know, like a family event where they have to deal with the people who are related to their trauma mm-hmm. and how you can set up boundaries in your life. But <laughs> yes. And and also just hate that it still affects you as much as you did. I think that's an element of frustration about what happens when someone talks about why does my trauma keep coming back? You're like, oh, I thought I, I thought that I dealt with it. Yes. <laughs> why do I have so many big feelings? You know, I think too, this idea of big feelings, it gets coupled with big feelings that are happening, right? So when, when I get angry, um, when I get sad and like kind of in a crappy place that is immediately like 
the trauma little monster like pops its head like, oh, <laughs> hello there. <laughs> did you want to talk about me? You know, you're like, oh, I, I did think I didn't have to even think about you anymore. But because I'm so charged with emotion, it just mm -hmm. happens to exist again. It's so funny. My brain, my denial, <laughs> my denial coping skill, you were talking and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And then you just kept talking. And I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I hate that feeling. And I work very hard to avoid it. Yeah. I think yeah. that speaks to how much I use denial as, as the coping mechanism of choice for the intersection of my trauma and my other life problems. And I'm sure there's other secondary trauma that's a result of this, right? Like going to therapy and my therapist making everything about my trauma. You're like, I've said that before. I'm like, come on, dude. There are other things in my life. I'm I'm bigger than my trauma, you know? And maybe also the fear or, or acknowledgement that I don't want my trauma to come back and I don't want it to have such a hold on my life. But you're saying like, maybe, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like, oh, here it comes and I'm just going to see it for what it is. I think it can be a combination of things because part of it is like the, the little fly that flops in and it's like, oh, okay, you're there. You're going to swat it away. And, and I think you have to have the energy to be able to swat it away. Okay. You know where I can't swat it away and it yeah. really screws me up when I'm in a fight with my partner. Totally. totally. Always, 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 always. Why that? Why is That's that what I'm the talking thing? About, emotions. That's going to take me down like hardcore too, you know? Yeah. You, you we experience this, right? You're getting in a fight and you're like, why do I feel like I'm going to cry? Why do I feel like I care about this thing so much? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel stuck or mad? You're, yeah, you said that mad. Okay, now I'm going with you. Now I'm seeing what you you're see? saying. I see you what have, you're it's out. like you're charged with all of this stuff that's happening for you're arguing. Maybe it's something that's going on at work and somebody's pissed you off. Or maybe it's something that's not going right. And then that brings you back to this level. And you're like, oh, my God. And oh, Okay, I had a theory. <laughs> okay. Sneaking up my own theories for how to make sense of my life. But I remember that I got into so many fights with my partner because I felt that the way that he was using words were cornering me <laughs> into a trap. And I was like, I don't like being cornered because I've been cornered in my life, physically, mentally, whatever my trauma has. And so when he comes at me like that, I turn into a, my like defense mechanism is to yeah. attack in ways that are not cool. Okay. Question. Is that only evident when you're having some sort of argument with your partner or is it, does it also come up when you're having other strong emotions that you may feel in some way somebody's kind of cornering you and you're like, ah, I got to defend myself. Ha. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's something special about your partner. Totally, totally agree. There's something special with your partner, but knowing that I've been with you in different situations. I don't lash out in anger a lot. No, you don't lash out in anger, but you lash out with pointed, pointed like little jabs. Damn, Gina, you and called like, me out. <laughs> but that's your protection. That's your protection mechanism. That's just like, no. So maybe, maybe there's something in there. And you know what it, it is? And it 
okay, so what's interesting about this question is when, why does my trauma keep coming back? When I react really badly in a way that I feel shame about generally, I shouldn't have responded to that person in that way. <laughs> I should go apologize <laughs> for being a jerk. I do think that you're right, that yes, those moments, something about some protective instinct inside of myself subconsciously came up and I was trying to protect myself. And normally it's through denial and avoidance, but sometimes it comes out like an attacker. <laughs> I think in in different ways, in the same way that you're referring to your experience, where you do feel like you have to protect yourself and fend off evil forces. <laughs> <laughs> Unknown evil. <laughs> um, it, you're, you're immediately brought back to where you experience the strongest emotion and whether that's fear tied to anger, tied to uh, loss of control, yeah. then your brain just goes on automatic. Yeah. Part of the process is learning how to not allow your brain to do that, right? Right, right. But in the most vivid moments that I have, my trauma comes up when I am bombarded with emotion and it's it's partly it's overwhelming. So I have to, I just have to let my brain just do what it has to do. Okay. And I let go of all coping mechanisms. Question. Yeah. Of the emotions you experience when your trauma comes rearing its head, is there an emotion that is generally your aha moment? You're like, okay, I gotta, is it sadness? Is it? Oh, God, <sighs> that's a good question. But yes, okay. The emotion that comes up, because I'm I'm not a crier, I, I don't normally cry. And so when that, when that, when my body gets to the point that I have to have cry, tears, yeah, yeah, have that's tears. the moment, yeah. And then tears plus anger, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which for men must look like wanting to punch something plus anger, but I feel that too. Anger on steroids, like just feel so angry that I'm gonna scream or use a word that I don't want to use words I don't want to use or. Um, but yes, recently, even all crying and you're like, why, why am I crying? Yes. <laughs> why am I crying? Why am I so angry? So this is what I do think is really interesting to you about. I've never unpacked the trauma part because again, my avoidance, but the skill that I've talked about several times in other podcasts is around stopping myself. When Generally, if I'm like, why am I so angry? I'm going to do something I want to do. Or why am I crying? I will say, okay, what happened? How does it for real make me feel? And what do I need, right? What happened? How does it make me feel? What do I need? And I love that you broke down all the feeling spaces because generally I'm just like, I feel pissed. But you're like, no, what do no. you feel? Fear, mm -hmm. vulnerability. Mm -hmm. This is where I started to be like, well, I feel like I'm put in a corner. What does that mean? Like, you know, do you ever get in a fight with somebody and you're like, stop putting words in my mouth? Oh God, I hate that. Um, what is that about what we're trying to I protect have, ourselves from? Generally, the the fights that I have are tied to X statement was made. The sky is blue. You've agreed the sky is blue, and uh -huh. then tomorrow you come back and you're like, actually, it's purple. And I was like, no, no, you said yesterday the sky was blue. 
No, you got to give me a more realistic question. We're having disclosure. I will give you one, okay? There's so many, man. I know, I know, but it, the example helps people to gain okay, context, okay. right? So we're getting into a fight, and this happens so much in couples, in fights, where, <laughs> let me think of one. I will say something like, when you said this. <laughs> That's not an example, woman. You said and some attack, some behavior. When you said this, I don't know why you're X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, no, don't say that I said that. I never said that. These are my exact words that I used. And that did not mean whatever it is that you just interpreted. And I don't right. appreciate that you are taking my words and spinning it into making it something that it isn't so that you can be the victim in this situation. Because I'm the one that originally came to you and said that something is not working for me. That happens all the time, right? And that that kind of relationship cycle, circle, literally that happens in two minutes is such a mind screw up. Because you're like, there's that's, too that's many emotional right. things happening in that fight. Yes. Somebody's misinterpreting what you said. Yes. Somebody is telling you how you feel. Someone you feel like you're you're coming to them trying and solve something that was your problem. And they made it their problem and then made you the <laughs> perpetrator when you felt like you were the victim. And then there's so many things from childhood and from trauma that get sucked into this very common pattern, right? I'm going to I'm going to move away from relationships with a partner to to something work related that okay it's another good example very similar to yours where for example I have sent an email and I have said hey on Thursday as we agreed we are going to be talking about point A B and C okay and then the response is wait we never said we were going to talk about B and I'm like, actually, per my previous email, <laughs> I had these action items, B is listed there. So yes, we agreed that B was going to be there, right? Okay. So that back and forth, in part, becomes tied to my wanting to be one, you can never say to me, I'm unclear, okay? I work my ass off to be very clear so that we try to avoid all of this kind of confusion around what your the expectation is all that and then it gets laden with the emotion of wait what are they saying in between these lines of text and it's like so what? i love that you and i this is the thing with trauma your brain goes a million directions based on what value system you have in your yes. brain I told my example, I would not have ever, get, I love that you said, do not tell me I'm not clear. Like if you have that voice in your head that says, no, you do not, you do not get to say X, mm -hmm. Y, or Z, that's probably a good red flag in your brain that that's a value system that's coming from a trauma, traumatic experience that shapes mm -hmm. the way that you're interacting today and the way these things will keep coming back. Totally. 100%, right? Yeah. Totally. Because for me, it was don't put words in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't you tell me what I'm thinking? For me, I've said that. If you're going to use my words against me, you better have them down quoted. I need word for word interpretation, you know? But you also in the other anecdote you gave, you said, don't tell me I'm not clear. So something yes. in your life around vagueness, 
around you being true to your words or clear with your words that that yes. something happened it, to you it, it's tied it's tied to my experience of being questioned about my thoughts like why would you do that and so i had mm. to defend myself to be able to say well i listened to all of this stuff i pulled together some information some plan and i created something logical why because my brain is logical right you had and, to defend yourself. Yes, I, I had to defend my position. So when somebody mm -hmm. comes and attacks that aspect that I know I work very hard to make sure that isn't the issue, right? Then it's kind of like cutting away at, at, at the legs of the table and say, nah, there's no value. You didn't say anything that's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. Yeah. That sucks. That's interesting. I've, I've not really been able to do what you just did with why it matters to me that people twist their words. Yeah. You know, another good one. This is another really good one. Anything that has to do with money. That also um, bugs you. No, it doesn't bug me. It's, it's one that's tied to values and the value systems that you have and how it impacts the trauma that may come up. Okay. For example, when I was younger, Okay, so like if we go to a restaurant or whatever, this came up when I was maybe like 10 years old. My friends would come and hang out with my family. And we would go to restaurants or whatever. And my parents, of course, would pay for all the stuff. And then one time I went out with another friend uh, with her family. And I ordered like a Coke. And then I finished my Coke. And I, and I wanted another Coke. So I asked for another Coke because I was used to that, right? I was just like, can I have another Coke? Afterwards, years, years pass. No idea that this is an issue, right? This friend's like, and you remember that time that you ordered that Coke? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was, I was 10, you know, I like, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. And she made a point of saying to me, you used my family. Like you should have asked if you could do that. And I was like, but you're never asked to do that. And when you hang out with us and I, then I learned that different families have different value systems, different way of functioning. So again, I learned how to navigate different spaces based on that one experience. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that so can the come trauma up. And, was her yelling at you or for her, that was a trauma. <laughs> I think the trauma that. was that I, uh, that I was in some ways reprimanded for normal behavior in mm. my frame of mind. But in her world, it was against the rules. Yeah. There's so many layers to unpack because the only themes I see here is like is is the reprimandedness. Something about when people get at you or yell at you because you weren't clear or did do something that you didn't know that you were supposed to do. This is the common thread. But I yeah. do think it's really important for people to see this happen in real time because that's what therapy feels like and you take your past because your trauma is going to come back and it's so hard to pinpoint where trauma affected your values and your beliefs and your thoughts in a way that sneaks back and how to unpack that in a way that helps you change your future behaviors right it's gonna keep coming back and it does so in subtle ways. And I think what I think is interesting here is we talk about big trauma and those are big and easy to pinpoint. But what's so, not easy 
is the everyday little things. So basically, you're telling me anything that has to do when I get reprimanded, I immediately go into like this trauma state, like, damn it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering. That's what I hear from you. Are you really afraid of getting yelled at? No. Or told you told that you're you did something wrong? You know, where where I land is kind of this place of existing between two worlds. So the way that I can describe that is my parents were never like these strict people. Like they ha- I had rules and everything, totally. I got reprimanded. I got punished for breaking rules and things of that nature. But part of it was, was trying to figure out my identity. I think it's, something's tied to that. Coming from a Bolivian household, living in an Americanized, very westernized space, learning how to navigate that. Something, I think something's tied to that. Something about being Bolivian and American, being stuck in between two places. Yeah. Bringing it back for the folks, because the two examples you gave about the way this comes up is you did not, you you had a fight with your friend where she got upset with you, Mm -hmm. taking more than you should have. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the first one was me being unclear you being unclear, your words with your words, which the places where those two things correlate is... It's identity. It's identity. It? Yeah. It's just two totally separate things. Why did you bring them up in your brain as they're as being related? But what part of your identity? Like what matters to you? Oh, I got it. What is it? It's worthiness. Worthiness? Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to make I'm going to make this connection for you. Okay. If for some reason somewhere along my 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 development I I must have felt undervalued in some way, not seen in some way, so then I need to be clear so I don't have there's no need for me to I I can show my worth by being clear, being able to adequately communicate myself, my needs, the my position, my values, that's part of it. That's that's tied to that. Then the other aspect of, uh, let's call it reprimanding, is also tied to that because if I'm being admonished for some sort of behavior, then in some way it's tied to worthiness. Like I'm, I'm not worthy of being able to be allowed to give it a pass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm linking it that way. And you're not worth two Cokes. I'm not worth two Cokes, yo. I think for a lot of people, our trauma goes back to worthwhileness, which is why people say things, well, like, am I broken or mm-hmm. do I deserve good things? You God, know? that sucks though, man. I know so much of trauma, a lot just comes back to that. And you know, and, and the- you fight. Like when I was talking about my fight, when somebody mm-hmm. says, well, that's not what I said or whatever, I, my brain does go to, well, do you not care? Mm-hmm. about my feelings and that's tied to worth worthiness yeah like do you not care about me enough to do you care about yourself more than you care about me or of course right. they do you're not they paying attention to, enough right? to my words like, you're not listening yeah, to what yeah. my concerns are yeah. yeah there's a reason why that's the most common negative thought one of the most common negative thoughts like i'm worthless i'm not important but I'm you know broken. when when um 
in our previous session when we were when we were talking about like it was my childhood traumatic or not like i wouldn't necessarily say that my childhood was traumatic right like i i wouldn't i wouldn't frame it in that way but when you start breaking it down in this way yeah definitely like you can see these snippets of time and you're like damn is that till still coming up today yeah. right now we do all have tr i mean we, that's where it's the big t little t we all have experiences that shape our values shape the way we see the world and and how those values and the way we shape the world result in conflict mm -hmm. normally born out of some kind of insecurity which is protective you, people who are overly cocky they do tend to be quite selfish you know i don't think most people are that way because we have learned to be with other people and maybe to be with other people well, you have to have some sense of self-awareness and ability to feel shame and self-regulate. But that means when you get reprimanded, it's painful. You know what, too? You bring up a very good point because it's somewhere in my brain that the two have been tied together, right? Me being reprimanded in some way means I'm not worthy in some way. Yeah. So then that then influences our ability to, well, my ability to move past that in the moments where I'm struggling the most. Yeah. Honestly, I think it happens early. I was talking to my six-year-old kid and I yelled at him for something that I need to yell at him about because I'm trying to teach him to be polite or to be kind. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you don't love me. <sighs> I have to tell him, like, of I love you so much. I should not have lost my temper the way that I did. Um, but I want you to know and believe that I love you. And I'm not sure that he does. And that's hard. That's I think a lot of this happens in parenting. A lot of this happens in relationships and friendships. Mm -hmm. um, all the parts where our relationships matter. And the, and the biggest relationship of all is with yourself. That that self-talk and, and the way we treat ourselves ultimately impact yeah. the rest of these. So we've touched on trauma so much um, in our past three years, but we're finally in a good space to be able to wrap this into a series and really dive deep in a way that hopefully is helpful. But as we as we get more granular into the specifics, I think it's fine to have this very large overarching way that trauma affects our whole lives, the way it sneaks in at any given time, the way that it's complicated and hard to unpack, but we know that it's tied to big feelings. I mean, I think we hit it. That's my summary. <laughs> no, thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you all next week. Keep fighting in the open. Bye.